this week on the show, um, exciting to have a friend of mine, Brendan Saltvik from Washington State, United States of America, and um, we talk a little bit about his life and about um, you know and about the subject of righteousness and you know the free gift that God uh, he makes us righteous. When you're born again, it's a pretty fun, a fun little back and forth. And of course, we bring in barbell and talk and what's happening uh, in our lives with working out and training. Um, so, hope you enjoy it because I really did. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I'm uh, <laughs> feeling great. Did you eat aggressively? Oh, dude, I inhaled. A organic steak, Brussels sprouts, and then I ate uh, red potatoes, and then I had nachos like 30 minutes after, dude. I was so hungry. <laughs> I was, dude, like, it's so crazy, like, how crazy, because I've been hurt the last two and a half months. It's crazy yeah. just how, like, the metabolism just skyrockets when you get back into lifting heavy volume. Um, it so does, it's, right? It's good, man. It's good to be back, you know. It's good to have a high yeah. metabolism and Smashing, yeah, dude. smashing bars and making PRs. That's it, bro. Well, hey, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. What's up, Faith and Barbell? So, <laughs> so what's your what's your name? Well, my name is Brendan Saltvik. Um, I guess I'm gonna yeah. talk a little bit about myself. I, I'm I'm from Washington State. Uh, I'm in the Seattle area. I live in a small town called Gig Harbor, Washington. And I've lived there most of my life. My mom's side of the family's lived here about a hundred years. And Dang. Uh, I, yeah, no, man. And so I, I'm a Jesus guy. I, I got saved when I was in college, my junior year, in a really radical way. And um, after college, I played college football, studied history and religious studies. Afterwards, I went, finished my master's in education, and I'm in the process of getting my master's in theology. Um, wow. and so, yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's been cool. I'm a, I'm a huge, like, I love it. People are so perplexed by me cause I'm a bigger guy. And so they're, they're like, Oh, you must be really into lifting weights. And it's actually like, Oh no, I really like reading like philosophy, theology. I'm a huge reader. Um, and then of course people are like, Oh wow, you're really smart. You must be like into theology. I'm like, no, oh, I'm actually into weightlifting big size. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, man. But yeah, that's, my life in a nutshell, bro, uh, right now, I, my ministry right now has been, um, I've done ministry for a few years with college and high school. I also mm-hmm. did a ton of outreach to the Muslim community here in Tacoma, which is a town right next to Gate Harbor. Um, and then right now, I'm a junior high teacher at a uh, junior high school, and uh, it's fun, man. I enjoy it. It's It's just been an amazing journey just where god has taken me and uh one day i feel that the lord is going to place me in pastoral ministry and yeah man that's that's my life in a nutshell you know the long story wow that's good man life in <clears throat> so that sounds that reminds me of that guy god in a nutshell uh youtube <laughs> you ever <laughs> no dude i've listen. never heard of that dude he's got this uh he's got amazing videos like about israel and nephilim and giants and oh. amazing is he like a but, Michael Heiser fan? Yeah. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, as far as I know, I've never heard him down down him. So, But he, he's 
subscribes to that same philosophy. Uh, and uh, it's great. That's good, man. Wow. Well, God's really, uh, he really got a hold of you, didn't he? That's good. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's really, you know, that's uh, what it's about, man. That's what life is about. It's about yeah. find it's it's about finding uh finding Jesus and then like that's uh that's the the next step to like your growth because dude so many folks I was don't know I was listening to Larry King today on a podcast and he was like you know what I you know what all these years 83 years and you know what I know I know that I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> he goes, I can't take that a leap of faith. You know, he's, yeah. he's a Jew. His family's a Jewish. His whole family loves God. But anyway, I was like, man, that sucks for him. But he doesn't yeah. know. But anyway, yeah, that's you good, know, man. It, it's funny, bro. It's funny you mentioned that. I just had this discussion with seventh graders, and I, and I work in a public school, so I can't be super outspoken about my faith. But I, I always – you always kind of allude to that principle. It's like, look, like you guys don't get it. It's not all about you. It, it can't be all about you. And I think a lot of our society and our culture has made it like, oh, it's in, it's individualism. It's an individualistic yep. society. So it's it's all about like your happiness yep. and your dreams and what you want and be what be whatever it is you want to be. And don't let anyone tell you anything. Oh, dude, like that's that's the narrative yeah. we've been we've been fed to, and it's a lot of it's. Genesis it's a lie, chapter though. three. Genesis chapter three, the lie, all right there, right? It's you. I mean, Genesis chapter one. Uh, wait, excuse me. Genesis chapter three. Satan in the garden. Yeah, you got it. The, the serpent. The serpent in the garden, saying, "You eat if you disobey God and you do what He said not to, you will become God." Yeah. Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. What that, a liar. I mean, that's, what a that's liar. the false promise, man. I mean. There, there, you look at the, the lie of yeah. self-sufficiency is like you can never get – I mean, that's the thing that the, the culture will sell you is that you can get your designer life. You can get happiness by focusing on yourself, by loving yourself. Dude, and the right? more you concentrate on yourself, the less happy you'll be. The more you're concerned about your own happiness, the less happy you'll be. Rather, if you're concerned about the happiness of others, if you take the concentration on yourself, ironically enough, the more happy you'll be. <laughs> Dude. The craziest Bingo. concept, man. Bingo. Bingo. Yahtzee. Yahtzee. <laughs> That's true, though. But I, I tell that to my seventh graders, and it's, Brian, it's really interesting. Like, this is the first generation that really has been de-churched, that these kids have not grown up in the church. And they, when I say things like, well, you, you need to forget yourself to find yourself. You need to put yourself before you need to put others before yourself. And people, they just look at me like I'm from Mars. They think I'm crazy. It's, uh-huh. it's wild. And they just, because they've been so taught by the culture, it's, it's about my happiness. But the, the sad truth is, like, um, is, is that when we search for our own happiness, we'll never find it. We never find it. It, it, it's a, it escapes us. It's illusionary. It's illusionary. There you go. You're, yeah, you hit on a good, good on, that's, you hit on a, a key point to people's development in their any any part of their life. If once you figure that out, your development changes be from immaturity to, to maturity. There's the, there's yeah. some points in life I've I've come to realize that stop immaturity and you become you become more mature 
And one of them is taking responsibility. And another one is looking at other people, helping other people, and focusing on other people instead of yourself. Hey, so what uh, – uh, we're going to get into a lot of things a little uh, – Yeah. But, but one thing I wanted to uh, ask is how was your relationship growing up with your parents? Oh, man, we're getting right to it. Um, my relationship, hey, hey right, right to it, bro. You know, my relationship with my parents has been really well, I guess, good. The reason I, oh, let me stop you for a second. The reason I say this is I, I want the audience to, because to, uh, I'm a big believer in, in uh, having two parents in the home, a mother and a father. Yeah. And I've said this several times. That's a big, a big hole in some of these communities in the world. Oh, and dude, in society, and so you know, and I kind of know you're a little bit of you, so I, I thought I, that's why I posed that question. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, you know, my family has been always really tight knit. Like I said, I grew up. My my mom's side of the family is Croatian Serbian. It's very uh, that ethnicity, that that culture is very tight knit. Yeah, it's all about family, bro. And it's and it's Roman Catholic. It's it's different than. It's it's Christian, but it's different in how they view community. Way way yep. different. Uh, it's way more tight knit than some yep. other um, like cultures. And but at any rate, I don't want to get into that too much. Um, my mom and dad growing up, just I mean, oh man, they were the best parents. They were the best parents. They did a phenomenal job raising me. We we didn't. I never really butted heads with my parents until really college. And is when because they didn't we I would they they took us to Sunday school and we did the whole bit in church and and growing up I thought it was just kind of mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a joke I wasn't really a Jesus guy at first like I wasn't that wasn't my home like it wasn't like we got beat over the head with Bible when we were little or we were it it wasn't that wasn't the focus of our our family and our values and who we are as a family and right. so when I grew up you know I I grew up loving football like football was my god (laughs) it's 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 weird as that sounds it was something that i loved but i also kind of worshiped and i always had this like insecurity and like this this kind of hole bro and so i grew up in in kind of a non-religious family my family my parents best parents i love my parents they they would give their left leg to see me succeed but we really started butting heads when I became a Christian and I became um, openly professing my faith and part of when I, really? when I got baptized, uh, that was when there was a lot of conflict because in Roman Catholicism, you are essentially voiding when you get baptized outside because you get infant baptized as an infant, it's pedo baptism, right? Um, you're essentially voiding that previous baptism and they looked at it as an assault, like you took what we gave you and slapped us in the face. Dude, like I was infant baptized as well. <sighs> really? Wow. You yeah, so my, kid, my mom, my dad was, uh, was a Roman Catholic, right? He, he was from Gonzales. This is a very German, you know, uh, Du Haas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, that's that strong, bro. <laughs> and so, I know. He was a very, uh, and we could go, uh, and he was very. Uh, it was. A, it's a very German community, and so there. You know, the German, uh, the the family he 
he was uh, born into um, it was Roman Catholic big time, and and my and my grandmother was Polish, so we had these two Roman Catholics who were just like, you know. Uh, in fact, it, it, they're awesome, and so that, yeah, dude, I totally was baptized in. Um, and uh, I think they did, my parents got born again when I was about four, three or four. Wow. Okay. And so yeah, there's a whole week. You know, one day we'll talk about my mom's conversion and my dad's uh, conversion. Wow, dude. But yeah, so but I, the point I wanted to bring up was um, is that you know you had your parents; they were there with you, and that's a big influence that. That uh, I think is amazing. That's a, almost it's almost rare now, man. It's well, almost rare. Yeah, now. I mean it's it's kind of funny. Like <laughs> I, I didn't imagine we were going to talk about like the youth today and and the gen- You know, the other thing that well, I noticed yeah. too, being a teacher, is the seventh. You know, the seventh and eighth graders that I've seen the last two years. I, this is Brian. This is the most fatherless generation I think I've yeah. ever seen. And it, and it's not so much dads aren't there. You know, kids have stepdads or kids, you know, have the real dad, but they'll, they'll be buried in their iPads and their iPhones yeah. and their iWizzes and their iDevices or their, you know, whatever, dude, or their iMacs or what, whatever the heck, it, it's i-whatever. And yeah. they're absolutely buried in that. And kids, it's weird, Brian. They, a lot of parents expect you to raise your kid but to not discipline them like it's like all about like oh you're my best friend but there's no parents at home that holds their kids accountable and disciplines them in like a healthy godly way bro and it's very unhealthy very you know what uh i should tell my i'm going to tell my engineer right now hey Mark that down. That's a good episode for the podcast. Oh, that's me. No, seriously, <laughs> uh, that is a great topic that we should probably dove in, de- do- dive yeah, into. Yeah, if, if you want to dive into that right now, let's do it, bro. I'm totally fine with that because I knew you, were, you had an idea about where you wanted to go, but it's just kind of, hey, that. let's just <laughs> – Let's just roll, bro. Let's go with it, man. Yeah, let's, let's roll go. with it. Yeah. Let's go. Mom and dad yeah, suck. And, and no, I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, dude, seriously, mom and dad suck. You're terrible, man. You I know. know I'm just thing. kidding. And I apologize to the listeners, man. I'm I'm loud as hell. <laughs> but bro, uh, you know what? Gonna get excited. Hell, hell is pretty loud, actually. I, I, yes. I listen to several. I listen to several people who have. have I hear it's too. quite. Uh, that's Dude. what I read in Dante's Inferno, at least. Dude, I'm telling you, it's like uh, so hot. It's like it's probably a little south south of San Antonio because in the summertime it gets so hot here. <laughs> oh, dude, no, dude. Hey, I'm just letting you know. Side note: Don't mean to get too off subject, but I'm coming yeah. down soon to visit you. You and I, you know, yeah. do a, a session in the gym. We're gonna snatch a clean jerk till our arms fall off. I'm we're gonna do. We're gonna talk. We're having an adult beverage and talk theology, bro. I'm just telling you, it's gonna happen. But before we have that adult beverage, before we have that adult beverage, we're gonna definitely have shots of C4 on the minute. (laughs) Oh, dude, you are disgusting, man. I don't want to die of a heart attack. You're, you, John North is rubbing off on you too much. No, so (laughs) yeah, I'm a German, bro. I drink pints of beer. Not really. You freaking. So, uh, Alex, man. a little, let me get, uh, that was a, I, that was, man, that was like a 16 minute, uh, tangent. That's awesome. No, so, I know. Sorry. 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 No, no, I love but, it. Uh, hey, so, hey, co- uh, I just want everybody to know that, um, Brendan here is 
um, going to become a new co-host. So we're just going to have lots of conversations in the future. So I'm excited about that. Let me tell you one yeah. thing. Everybody, everybody knows, but and you probably know, because I've said it a lot. It's um, this episode is sponsored by nothing. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, wait, you're sponsored? <laughs> oh, you're sponsored? that's freaking yeah. awesome. I'm sponsored by sponsored by virus. Intl, baby. I know, right? <laughs> go to go to virusintl.com and <laughs> did <laughs> use, use, hey, no, use go, code. I'm sponsored uh, by myself. <laughs> use code canoe. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh gosh, yeah, seriously. Uh, no, so that's <laughs> uh, dude. I'm so pumped about. Uh, I totaled and uh, my last meet, and I'm going to the Arnold. Dude, I know, bro. That's you know, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're – and I know we're kind of, like, so <laughs> ADD right now. We went from talking about – Yeah, we about, are. Wow, how crappy is the youth and, like, there's no father. Where are the fathers at, you know? I know, right? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, it, it, that's solid, man. Your snatch has gotten so yeah. much better, bro. Like, yeah. it's gotten so much better. You've, you've been working hard, man, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for you, man. It's going to be great. Hey, so what, uh, I, I appreciate that so much. You know, we had that conversation. I had that conversation, conversation with you about, uh, about uh, you know, that Jared Anderson um, video that talked about, you know, you, oh, play yeah. hard to get with yeah, your yeah. grip. Play hard to get. Well, yeah, I that's do, right. And I, and I want to have my, com- my comments about play hard to get with your grip. I hate the way he says that. You know, and he's awesome. <laughs> Jared, you're great. But I, it just, it turned me off when he was talking, the way he talks about it. But as I... As you told me about it, I went back to his videos, and then it dawned on me what he's really trying to convey is he's trying to convey, like, loosen up that grip, right, and make sure, like, like make it where that you're really just barely hanging on to it. And so uh, my whole golf, uh, my whole golf uh, history came into play, and one of the big key problems people have is they, they death grip the club. So what I did was I uh, – I changed my grip like a week out from that competition. And, dude, my snatches just came alive. My clean dirt, my cleans just came alive. Just the feel of it, the timing of it. So on competition day, I, I hit – I missed two snatches in the back, but I hit every one of the other ones perfectly. So I was so pumped. I was like, um, I'm not taking any more because I, I think I missed 92. And I walked up 97 and nailed it. And I walked up to 101, nailed it, and then I walked up to 104, and I nailed it. But they they, they red lighted me, and so I'm, and so when I today I was I was working out today, and real quick, and we'll start, we'll get into the main topic here. Today I was cleaning, it was doubles, cleaning jerk to a max two rep, and um, oh, dude, I was having a hard time, and then it dawned on me. My grip, I'm I'm death gripping this bar. Yeah, dude, it, it can be so, it can be just as oh. bad as like not gripping it enough. Yeah, it was amazing, and so I, I I agree, it could go either way. But my problem is gripping it too hard, and so as soon as I let go of that grip and just my body takes over, and my timing just was immaculate, and I was just yeah. like, God. So I'm I'm right on my uh, on my um, on my program in bold letters. I have. Uh, play hard to get with the bar, and even just because that <laughs> spurs, spurs that emotion in me, like you son of a gun. He's, anyway, he's so Jared Anderson. 
Garrett. Yeah, well, uh, that's great, man. I'm glad to hear it, bro. You're gonna you're gonna kill it, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, I don't know how long you have, but I was thinking about. I, about I got food. all the time in the world, bro. Bro, three hours. Bro, I got Joe Rogan style. I got three hours. Let's roll. Woo! Let me tell you one thing. You don't morning. you don't have three hours. You have kids to teach. Oh, uh, dude, so, I know. What I I as everybody should know, I told. Um, Brendan, that I thought we would talk about Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. And the scripture goes like this. Well, let's read into it. Verse seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus, the Anointed One, or Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. To know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not in charging their sins against them. And he's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now here we go. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God is begging you. And we pray in Christ's place that be reconciled to God. For... He, verse 21, for he has made him, Jesus, sin for us, that he who knew no sin, Jesus, that we might be made the righteousness of God, or the righteousness of God in him. So, basically, what that says is, you can go back and read it 50 times if you need to understand that more, we were made righteous, and we were made Jesus' righteousness. Yeah. By God in Christ. Uh, yeah. so for me, for me, that's a mind-boggling concept that I oh, fully yeah. accept. I fully accept, and I fully, I believe God has revealed that to me. Right, and I've, I've taken that on. But I wanted to talk about it because that's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Awesome to think that that we, as people can go to Jesus and say, I accept you as my Savior. You died for me, and I accept your, 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 uh, your sacrifice. And I believe that you did it for me. And when we do that, we are instantly made righteous. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's hard to yeah. take in. Dude, it's, it's hard. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I actually quoted the scripture and the sermon I preached, I, I was in La Grande, Oregon, um, about a week and a half ago, preaching for about a few days to the college mm-hmm. group. And um, there was this young gentleman there um, who, it, it's funny, <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for him at first. He's dating a good, I'm friends with this family in La Grande, really solid family. They They have been there. Uh, for me, through thick and thin, before I got saved, well after I got saved, they're just a phenomenal family. And um, they, they, their daughter's dating this kid in college, and he's not a believer. At least he wasn't at this point. And he right. starts going to church, and he's, he's curious. He's asking more questions. And I, they, they purposely brought me over to their house to have dinner. And they invited him over to kind of like have me like minister to him. They kind of ambushed wow. him. I kind of felt bad for him. <laughs> I was like, this is funny. <laughs> this kid's so screwed in such a good like way. Like an intervention. 
It kind of, man. I mean, it really was. And he was already, he was already there, I, I think. He, we talked, and I asked him just point blank after a few hours of just getting to know him and, and, and just kind of hearing his life story. I was like, so, bro, what do you, who do you think Jesus is? Like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Or? And he's like, no, I, I don't think I do, but I really want one. And I just explained to him what that is and the gospel and how we receive that relationship and what Jesus did and what he's going to do. And, and then I, and he said, I, I think I can believe that. I, I, I do believe that. And, he, and he, in that moment, I, I said, you know what? What's amazing right now is you're righteous with his righteousness. And he looked at me like, what? Wait, what? I'm like, yeah, when God looks yeah. at you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see Thomas. He sees Jesus. This is his name, Thomas. Yeah. And he was just kind of blown away. But he's like, but I've screwed up so bad. I was like, well, that's irrelevant. Your, your outer state is irrelevant to your inner state. You've been made new. You're a new creation. It says yeah. it right there in that passage, too. It's, um, where is it? Therefore, yeah, verse is. 17, if anyone is in yeah. Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Whoa! He has reconciled us. And now, because he's reconciled us, he's given that, we are now made ambassadors to preach the gospel of reconciliation. Um, and so it's just, it's pretty incredible, dude. That passage is dynamite. That is the gospel. Dude, that, the gospel. This, this Corinthians... Two Second Corinthians five is gigantic in the eyes. Oh, dude, it's huge. Yeah, in, in my eyes, it's it's. But see, and these are, this this is a key. I think I really think this is a beginning. It, when you if you it, to get understand this concept and this this doctrine, I, I really believe it's a foundational doctrine in people's lives, yeah. and a lot of times. The church and people skip over this idea. So what happens is people get saved or they have a hard time even seeing what the gospel really is. Yeah, bro, because, that's a good point. You know? Because they don't yeah. know that there was there was r- reconciliation happens and he there's a there's a uh, uh there is a uh he takes the place of you, you become new, and no matter what you've done or what you do, it's always His righteousness at at work in your life, man. Yeah. Not only that, it's always it's always His righteousness that has paid your bill and continues to pay, essentially. Yeah. And so, anyway, it's huge. It's a huge point. You know, a lot of people were. Are, are under the idea of works, you know, oh my God, I got to work. I got to work for it. I got to do this, that, and help and give to the poor. And that's all good. Of course we, we do that. Um, but Romans five says that this righteousness is a free gift, right? And that's how you can't work for a gift. It's a free yeah. gift. Yeah. So. I think, I think it's so much. So it's not necessarily, Maybe and there are people who really legitimately struggle with the fact that are they saved or not. I think it's more so like, am I becoming righteous? Like we we have this crazy idea. I think in a head knowledge, yes, we think we're saved at the point of beginning, like when we believe in Jesus, we're saved. I think everyone yeah. believes that, at least in a head knowledge, and even at the ending, like the coming of but, Christ, that's yeah, a work of God. But, 
Good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, like the the beginning and the ending. Everyone, a lot of people would say, I, I mean, at least unless you're not like a part of a cult, a lot of people would say it's beginning and the end is a work of God. But the, uh, you know, it's funny. We, we've got it wrapped around the church, this whole thing with sanctification, the process of becoming who I already am in Christ. We kind right. of confuse that, like that's our work. And if, it's, if it starts with Jesus, if, it's his, if it starts with him saving us, and it ends with him saving us, you better believe in the in-between. It is not your work. It is his work. It is not I your know. faith. It is his faith. And that's why Christians struggle with guilt and shame, and they struggle with things like their sin, and will God love me if I you know, screw up, and all this, this shame. They, they struggle with shame because they... Yeah. They think they have to be this godly man. You know, they have to be, it's all all across the aisle, Brian. Like, I I see it all the time on social media. I see it all the time in Instagram and and Facebook and books. Like, gosh, what if, what if the gospel is not about fixing the problem, but making sure that nothing stays hidden? What if I told people, and and this is true, it's absolutely true, that you're righteous with his righteousness right now, and that you're not growing in righteousness, you can't grow any more righteous, you are righteous, but that you're maturing in righteousness, the more you become self-aware of that righteousness, that's that's the growth, that's the process. It's like, uh, I know I'm talking a lot right now, but... um, That's all right. The, uh, like... The Christianity, the best way I can explain it, we're caterpillars when we become Christians. Now, a scientist would say, scientifically, outside, caterpillar is caterpillar. But inside the caterpillar, it's DNA. It's 100% a butterfly. And one day, that caterpillar will mature and become a butterfly. The truth of it being a butterfly is its own nature. And to yell at the caterpillar to be more like a butterfly only will hurt the caterpillar's little ears. It's just it's the same thing with Christians. Be more of a Christian. Be more like Jesus. You already are like Jesus because the Spirit lives inside of you. It just doesn't That's right. to me. I just yeah, want to, yeah. no, dude, drop kick people First in the drop. face when they say stupid like stupid stuff like that. Well, people people don't read their Bible. First John four no, they don't. Says, First John four says, as he is, so are we in this world. Not when we're dead. Yeah. And in heaven, but now. Yeah, I love First John, and First John three one says that. Behold, children, um, for you are children of God, and that is what you really are. Not, not in a, you know, head knowledge way. That's who you really are. No, you really are children of God, and you're children of God because He has made you new. He's adopted you in the family. He's reconciled yeah. Himself unto you, just like Second Corinthians five just said. It's so. The gospel is so easy, and yet that's what makes it so hard. Like, yeah, I, I had someone, bro, I had I someone say to me in high school, not high school, college, sorry, when I first got saved, they were like, is, is, they're like, you mean to tell me all I have to do is believe in Jesus and all my sins are forgiven? Like, I can just do whatever I want. And I was like, well, that's a great point, but you, you, you misunderstand the the point of the gospel is like when people get saved, they don't want to get away with anything. 
They don't want to get well, away that's, that, that's the proof in the pudding. See, see uh, when someone's not born again, their whole, I, their whole life is, what can I get away with? Exactly. You know? And so when you are born again, you're like, I'm exposed and I don't care. Because look what he's done for me. Yeah. And, look, and, and, you know, look what he did. I'm, I'm a new creation. It's, it's fantastic. But it's so, you know, he says, you know, he says this, he goes, he will take the, uh, the simple things to compa- and confound the wise. Right, mm-hmm. and this is one of those that is so simple. It confounds the wise. It's super deep, but it's simple. He did it. Trust in him. Believe on him that he did it all for you, and you shall be saved. And when yeah. you're saved, you're something new. You're a whole. You are. Let me let me ask you this. He made us joint heirs, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. That we are joint heirs with God, right? And because he made us joint heirs, he didn't just give that to anybody in the world, but he, unless something happened, something changed, and some, something, they were made something different. First Corinthians third, three, uh, excuse me, First Corinthians 1 says, I think it's verse 30, it says that he has made, Unto us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So, it's a it's a spiritual change that happens, like a shift in your entire life. That's why some people, if you ever, I mean, a lot of people, like for the first week or two that they're born again, they're just like on fire. You know, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> what what do I need to do? I'll pray about everything. I'll go across uh-huh. the world. Well, they 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 changed. Oh, what happens is. They start sinning a little bit, and guilt comes in and just wrecks them. <laughs> yeah, but, dude, it's it's so shame is such a powerful thing, and it's gosh, it, it's hard because it really challenges, and we get it in our head like, oh, like if I screwed up, like I'm probably not really saved, and like I kind of have to like try harder, type of thing. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, and oh, yeah, it's exactly. it's just not that's not the case, bro. It's the, the truth is, and I mean, that's where the enemy comes in and will whisper, like, you're really, it's one of the, my most favorite chapters in the Bible, Zechariah 3, where the enemy, and it shows in a very visible way, where Satan comes before the high priest of Israel. It says the high priest of Israel's dirty. He's, he's unclean. He's, he's ceremonially unclean. And that's a big deal, especially high priests. Because he couldn't go in the holies of holies on Yom Kippur and make atonement on behalf of the Israelites, and there's no forgiveness of sins, according to the Book of Leviticus. And it's they have this trial, and there's Satan standing before God in front of Joshua, the high priest, and he's accusing Joshua of you know not being righteous, being unclean. And the Lord looks at him and says, "The Lord rebukes you, Satan. The, the Lord of Hosts rebukes you." It's like, yeah, this dude. It's it's funny. God's like, yeah, this dude. It's like a, a being like snatched out of the fire, dude. Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's pretty dirty. Like, I had to snatch him out of the fire. There's smoke coming off his rear end. But you know yeah. what? I've made him clean, and and yeah. it's amazing, especially it's the Old Testament, because this would have fascinated the reader, especially if you're Jewish, because right. God God starts taking off his dirty clothes and he gives him clean clothes and he says, "I've taken your sins away." What? 
how, wait a second, how are you making atonement? And God goes on and says, well, Joshua, you're symbols of things to come. And there's going to be days well, where I'm going to take the sins of the world away in one single day. And it yeah. just, it, it prophesizes the coming of Jesus, what he would do, what he did. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because he does make us clean. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's a total trick uh, for the, 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 by the enemy to, that he does bring shame. Of course, I think guilt and shame is a, the fruit of sin. Sure. And, and there also is a good but, form of shame and guilt that leads to repentance. But if it leads to us hiding from God, that's well, ungodly. I, it's probably, I would consider that called uh, conviction. I, yes, yes. That's a, actually, right. that's a better way of saying it instead of shame. Yeah. Conviction. But, but uh, dude, that, you know, it's funny you, you, you bring up Zechariah 3. It really proves the fact that no matter when in time, what, what moment of, of time we're talking about, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, in the beginning, now, in the future, you know, it's, it was always righteousness by faith. Oh, yeah. Dude. You know, e- even though the Jews, which praise God for them, Israel is amazing. They kept the word. They kept the covenant. They brought it through time and history and, made, and allowed Jesus to come right on time. That is amazing. And that's awesome. But it, even though they did the works, it was not by works. It was always by faith. Just yeah, like it is now. Well, Just like it they're, is now. they're still... They were awaiting, and Jews today are still waiting, and I think yeah. they're mistaken, is that they, they were waiting for the one. Because all the sacrifices, and the, like people look at the book of Leviticus, and I mean, it makes no sense if you don't see it this way, especially the Old Testament. Like the Old Testament will make no sense, we don't think of this terms. The Old Testament's not about what we have to do for salvation or making us right. It, it, that's, that's why the book of Hebrews talks about how Christ's ministry is superior to that of Moses because the Levites come, the, the law is given by Moses to the Levites, to the people of Israel. And the ministry of Jesus is better because he actually comes and deals with the problem. The law is like the MRI machine. It reveals yeah. sin. It shows you have cancer. But it can yeah. never cure you of cancer. Like yeah. you need the surgeon for that. The law is the MRI machine. And, yeah. and Jesus is the surgeon. Well, the law is a good thing. It's a really good thing. It's just not meant to cure people. It's meant to reveal sin. Paul uses that example all the time. No, that, that so is the law exactly ultimately, right. Yeah, the, the law ultimately points to the great surgeon. You need a surgeon. And it shows mm-hmm. who the great surgeon is, and it's, and it's ultimately Jesus. Throughout the red line and all the Old Testament, it's subtly, and I would say very, very evidently, pointing and decisively pointing back to Jesus um, that he is the Christ. Dude, that's right on the money. I mean, I hope so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope so. <laughs> I've, st- I've staked my life on it. <laughs> Dude, so have I. <laughs> so have I. But you know what, though? The only faith-based uh, religion, well, it's not, I, don't even, I don't even believe it's a religion, Excuse me. It's a, it's, it's it's the only faith uh, out there. The only type of uh, of a belief system out there 
that literally changes and breaks the bondages of people's uh, lives instantly. Now, sometimes it's not always instantly, but it can be instantly. And there's, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word. There's yeah. no other thing like. There's no other thing like it. Ever, yeah, bro. I mean, ever. no, dude. Like it's phenomenal. I, when I was, I'm not convincing you. I'm just saying. No, no, you know, I got you, man. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. you. You know, I was in. You need to get saved, brother. I <laughs> uh, know, dude. I gotta go rebaptize myself and say, "Oh my God, Mary!" Oh gosh, self flagellation every Sunday. You know, <laughs> every Sunday, right? Every Sunday, I gotta uh, go back to bro, the altar. Gotta be a good Christian now. <laughs> God, oh God, whatever that means. Whatever that means. But that you know what? That's a great point, dude. That is a whole other topic. Uh, but that, yeah, no, another, another podcast, bro. Another podcast. Ooh, that but, is a great point. Oh, dude, gosh, I lost my trend of thought. Yeah, you were talking. We I was saying, um, I was saying that, uh, you know, the, it's power. There's power in the word. There's the only faith-based uh, idea out there. The only, the only, the only one where there's power and transforming power instantly. Burden removing, yoke destroying, word. Others are others have decent philosophy, and sometimes, you know, do good to your neighbor. But the only one that has changed the course of the entire world is Judaism, down to to uh, so when Jesus was raised from the dead and gave everybody new life in Himself. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I mean, I've seen it too too many times, bro, where people I, I, people that shouldn't be saved, that shouldn't get it, end up getting it. Like, I, for example, in LaGrand, one of my buddies runs a ministry. It's basically outreach to um, the the people that church, American church, doesn't typically take it. Like, I'm talking like drug addicts, criminals, the people that are like the trash of society. And then my, my homie Jeff takes them in, and they have this incredible ministry called Southside. And they just love on these people. They serve them. They, they, they disciple them. They just invest in them. It's just like church, but it's not church. It's a totally different vibe. And, and it's incredible dude and one of the people i met there this is the number one was the number one drug dealer in the grant this guy like i met him and my buddy john was a cop and he's he's off the police force now he took a different job but um he was talking to john it was kind of awkward i went up to this guy and this guy has tattoos all over his face on his eyelid it's just not a nice looking guy let's go out to him and just start talking to him like hey buddy man you know i'm brendan and Sorry, make it small. It's like, so how do you know John? He's like, well, John arrested me. <laughs> That's how our conversation started. That's this guy's awesome. going to Southside, and this dude gets saved, bro. And it's, and it's really because he realized, you know, I've done so much wrong in my life, and I, I felt just dirty. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I was trash. And he found acceptance and love at the feet of the cross and what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And then, and it goes to show you, I've only seen the gospel transform your life, people's lives. You know, religion can make someone look beautiful on the outside, but will never, ever, ever transform the heart. It just doesn't. Never. And so you're right, it, bro. You're right. No, I, the Bible's right. You know what's really 
evident is the joy, the real joy someone has. Like, I know you can have a bad yeah. day, but you can still be full of joy. You know, I'm writing, dude, I'm writing a book. Everybody, Are, buy Yeah, it. yeah, you told that. And it. so today, it's dude, today, today... $70 ebook, right? <laughs> yeah, 70 We know some people okay. who do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no names. Dude, no names, no names. <laughs> I have bought some of those. Okay, anyway. Oh, oh. So, um, okay, That's so check funny. this out. I have... <laughs> I'm writing a book, but... Uh, and the name of the book is Everything's a Decision. So... It's really – I lost where I was going, bro. I'm, I'm stuck. Everything's I'm a stuck. decision. No, hang up. Good, hang bro. up now. Hang up now before <laughs> we <God>. lose. <laughs> no, so uh, – so, just kidding. Stay with us, everybody. Okay, so – no, seriously. So um, I was talking about the word and how it's, light, it's transforming, right? Oh, the joy. Okay, so no matter what goes on in your day, you can still decide to be full of joy because you have joy. It's the only thing out there. And, I, and if, if you're listening and you, you don't know Jesus, you don't know who, what this joy we're talking about is, you can have him today. You can find him. You can know him. I'm talking really know him. Have a real experience and not this esoteric DMT thing. It's a real person. He is. And when you do, dude, when you really, I was thinking about this today, when you get around the presence of God, you, the atmosphere inside you changes. Something, it's like, it's kind of like you, you enter in or so, some kind of a, a, a tangible experience happens. It's hard to explain. That, that changes you right then and there. And you... And, and your your spirit like ignites, and I can't explain it. Other than that, yeah, and, yeah, you and, just have but, you just have total new motivations. You just have totally. a totally totally new way of thinking. Kind of scary, yeah. but it's just it's it's so much fun. It's so much joy. It's never boring. It's never no. boring. It can be tough. Yeah, there's but, not. Uh, it's not like life becomes so easy, right? Yeah. But what is what does become easy? is your ability to say, you know what, I'm just going to go forward. You know, there's yeah, trouble man. happens. You know, I, and one thing I want to convey before um, we, we close this up is that, uh, you know, people often talk, when I, you know, especially when I talk about or when others have talked about righteousness, right? A lot of times the charismatic movement, or those people who are court labeled the, the word of faith, the charismatic, they talk about righteousness, right, because they've gotten it. Well, they a lot of times people will say Christians and non-Christians are like, Oh, you're so prideful. What do you think you're better than us? What do you think? You know, you're better than all these people because you're, you're just all look at me. And that's the thing. No, it's not about pride anymore. It's that look at this amazing thing that's happened to me. I'm free now. And I want others to be free as well because it's, so, it's kind of like if, if there was a pot of gold for everybody in the world and I found it, and I could lead you to the right cave to pick it up. Guess what? I want to announce that to everybody. And basically, righteousness and what Jesus did for us is the pot of gold. It's endless. Yeah, so. yeah it is, man. 
Well, it's it's true, man. I and I, I I would just to respond to that, like people are like, Oh, that's that's prideful or you no. Know, it's just a matter of fact. It's not prideful for just stating yeah. fact. I, I'm sorry. I just it's not it's not that I'm like <laughs> you know, trying no. to, you know, put anybody down or, or elevate myself. It's just a matter of fact. I am. My my I am dwelt with the righteousness of Christ. That's fact. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I, yep. It's the same thing where people are like, wow, how dare you, how narrow-minded are you to believe there's only one, which is a whole, and I, I don't mean to get down this rabbit hole because I know we're running out of time. How dare no, you believe no. there's only one right religion? It's like, well, I just believe it's true. Like, that, well, that's how, like me, that's like me turning to someone and say, how dare you believe two plus two equals four? There are other options. <laughs> yeah, other options that are wrong. But it's like, <laughs> well, how arrogant of you, dude. I know. Oh, dude, people drive me nuts, man. When they uh, when they come at me with that silly nonsense, it's just silly. I know, silly. And you know what? And if, and here's the thing, though. We, you know, Jesus said we're not we're not to force the gospel on people. We're really just presenting the good news, and we're saying this is the amazing thing that God has done, and you, you can accept it. And here's how. Here's what wonderful things happen when you accept it. If you don't. Yeah, I still love you, and there's always a chance. But, and I, but it's not my job to force it. You know, that's where the, in the past, you know, the, the church um, or believers have gotten a bad rap because you know, with the Crusades and and all kinds of other things in the name, the Inquisition, in the name of, of Christ, which is totally wrong. But it's really our, it's just our job to present these amazing truths, which is the gospel, um, of, so what salvation does. And uh, and anyway, that's it's exciting. Um, it is. It's a, it's a, it doesn't happen. You don't understand things overnight, especially with. But that's how it works, you know. The the hidden things of God are only revealed to them who who search Him out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the Bible says that the hidden things are His. But you know what? He gives those things that are His to His kids, and so. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good, man. I yeah, I, I agree, man. It's 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 even hard for me at times to just fully grasp and like Dude, accept. I know. It's, Wait, it's like if you're in that boat, guys. Like, believe me, welcome to Christianity, and it's that's <laughs> why we need to be in community and just encourage each other with the gospel. And just how we do that is we love people well and we love God with everything we have. We do that, man. We're good. We, we wow, man! We it, it's again so simple, but it's like it, if it was simple, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Dude, I, it's not. I couldn't. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly right. I, yeah. Even to this day, even to this day, if I know, th- you know, like Paul said, if I know to do something and I don't, I feel bad about it. I mean, yeah. Is God not? Does God not happy about me? Is that God not love me anymore? Am I? Am I not blessed anymore? Does, am I not good enough anymore? Uh, well, of course I am, uh, except I have to. That's why we have these conversations. That's why we have friends. That's why we have iron sharpening iron, so we remember the, uh, the benefits that God has given us in salvation. But, man, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for, for coming on. Dude, first Bro, time. It's my first time ever doing a podcast. I mean. Yeah, and dude. so, guys, I 
Sorry, we're all over the place, man. I just was so Dude, excited. Dude, that's all right. Hey, <laughs> let me tell you what. If you have listened to my podcast at all, then you know that I am a uh, – I stay on topic most of the time, but I – dude – I'm like a Oh, you a like river. to go down rabbit trails. But that that's what I like about you, man. Yeah, you dude. People say some stuff. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm, let's just say this. I'm not afraid to just go with it, and then I'll come back eventually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, they do. Uh, on another topic, since this is Faith and Barbells, uh, I heard that you are actually going to do a meet, a weightlifting yes. meet. Yes. Tell us all yes. about that. Dude, yeah, so I'm I'm competing in my first weightlifting meet. I've been Olympic lifting for two uh about two years now. It's gonna be going on my second year. And uh I'm competing in a USA weightlifting yeah. meet in Olympia, Washington, April twenty eighth. So I'm getting ready for that. I got a I'm getting trained up with uh Mash Elite Performance from Jackie Biggers, my trainer. She's phenomenal. Just the best Jesus girl. Just she is so good. She's not only just super knowledgeable in weightlifting, but she just loves Jesus. It, it's it's super cool. So yeah, I'm doing that meet, man, and uh, it, it's gonna awesome. be it's gonna be a great time, man. I'm really really excited. Dude, so how 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 ironic that I'm doing mash weightlifting also, but I'm following I know, the bro. program. Yeah, you're you're following, <laughs> you're following the, anyway. You buy a seventy dollar ebook. And you're oh, dude, wait, no names, no names. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just We're kidding, not, Travis. We, we and love I was, you. And I wasn't referring to you, Travis. I was talking about someone else, but it probably wasn't seventy dollars. It's actually really well, cheap. I, it was yeah. like well, third. What thirty? Yeah, it was only it's like cheap, thirty dude. bucks. Probably. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you what. Stuff. Not only is this stuff mind blowing; it's super cheap. It's it's other programs yeah. which. We'll go on name. <laughs> it's like seventy bucks. I'm like, dude, uh-huh. how about I just donate my kidney? Yeah. You're talking about that? Yeah. Is that? Is that that? Uh, well, we won't talk about the Russian that that. Was. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll yeah we'll Leave talk it about it off air off air, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I'm telling you. So, I. So if all you guys don't know, I'm a big fan of Travis Mash. He's an amazing person and an amazing uh, athlete and a coach. I mean. Go check him out, right? It's uh, yeah, MashElite.com. Oh, He's just my a gosh. good guy, man. Like, yeah, I he hope, loves the I Lord. Hope. He loves Jesus. He, he, that's the thing I love about weightlifting now, like, especially guys like Jonathan North, North and Travis Mash. They just love Jesus, dude. And they're intense guys. Yeah. They're real guys. Like, I was listening to Jonathan North today. And, it, dude, it's just they're real. They're real, and they and they love the Lord, man. They're they're salty and they're real, and I appreciate uh, that. Not this whole yeah. like I'm gonna put on a facade and show you what a godly man I am. Like yeah, I, thus saith the Lord. We need I to uh, seriously. I can't relate to perfection, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh gosh, don't don't even get me started <laughs> on that nonsense. Don't, yeah, don't, funny because I. It's funny. I was uh, talking about somebody I knew one time, um, not in a bad way. I was just like, I really don't like his accent when he gets this uh, a certain way. And looking back, I was wrong. But uh, you know, because you know, he would say, "Did he? Uh, did he, know, he? Did he like blast you on the chat?" No, no, yeah. not John. I'm talking about somebody else. But no, no, no. I was talking I, about this, talk- this preacher. Yeah, dude. Oh, like, yeah. I I chat like when he when he does live shows. I I log in and I listen and I throw out comments and all kinds of stuff. And he did. He was like, I said something about the uh, the uh, the Mark Bell um, 
thing you put around your legs, it activates your glutes. And he was like, oh, Brian, that, that's bull crap. And he, yeah, he's jo- he was joking, but. Uh, Who is that? Was John Norris. Oh, yeah, he dude, was, John, you're wrong. I'm no, he sorry. was, dude, no, no, the last podcast, the last podcast he had with Don, um, I mean, with uh, Glenn Penley, it was hilarious, because they were going off on, they were just going off, like, on all these funny things, like, like, people trying to do CrossFit, and weightlifting, and how stupid they were, because they need to be weightlifters, and then people who, like, too much activation and stretching before programs are stupid. It was okay. Um, it wasn't as bad like that, but it was so funny. And anyway, Glenn Penley is salty too. Yeah, he is, especially in, and now that he's he's moved around in his life, I've he's awesome. But you know, I'm proud of you for uh, signing up for your meet, dude. That is that's a big step. Because that's really exciting. Where is it in Washington? Uh, it's Olympia, dude. It's the capital of Washington. And, oh, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, a little, uh, little uh, side note. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. It's it's super liberal, bro. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's a weird place. <laughs> I mean, if you're liberal and you're into that sort of thing, good for you. <laughs> good for yeah, you. But, yeah. uh, good for you. Burn yeah, but uh, at any rate, yeah, dude, it's, dude. it's going to be in Olympia. <laughs> I'm excited. Dude, so whatever you do, don't have a Bible anywhere. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, seriously, bro. Don't don't show my tats. I, yeah. Yeah, I have tattoos. I'm a sinner. What can I say? Oh, my God. You have a tattoo? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to have to cut this short. <laughs> oh, gosh, bro. That's so, uh, so did you know uh, that I know every state and capital of the United States of America. Really? I don't know why. I just happen to know it. Like when I was young, you know, we had these memorizing things and that stuck with me, dude. Like, wow. I know everything. So I know Washington is Olympia. Uh, Oregon is Salem. Go on and go on and on and on. But, you know, know, know? Boise. Yeah. What about Montana? Helena. Oh my gosh, you do know. No, I know that. They man. actually pronounce it Helena, but Helena. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> those, whatever. Those, those pagan god lovers. <laughs> <laughs> the pagan god Just lovers. kidding. Uh, if, you're from, if you're from Helena, uh, I'd love shooting, you. Tobacco chewing, cowboy boot wearing. Are you, yeah, you talking about Texas, right? Is it Montana Nights? I don't know. I don't know. Montanian. That reminds Montanian. me. That, you know, this is where I go down these tangents. Dude, every, okay, I know if you're still with us, hang in there because we're, we're still on. Every, like, you know what triggers me? Not, not the bad liberal trigger, but what triggers my mind is words that connect with, like, movies and songs. I'm a picture kind of a person, like most people are, but, like, I'm all visual. So, uh, dude, when you say... When you said uh, Montana, it reminded me of The Hunt for Red October, which is an amazing movie. But what's even more amazing, well, no, it's not. But what's an amazing movie is that everybody on this podcast needs to go watch, and so do you, Mr. Salty, is Icarus on Netflix. Dude, yeah, I'm watching it after this, by the way. You can attest, right? Because you can Bro, attest. you've been texting me all day about it. 
know. <laughs> God, anyway, I'm like well, at work. I'm like, why is Brian blow me up? <laughs> yep. Okay, give us one crazy fact about you that that uh, you're you're oh, okay to share, and then you get you heard mine. I have none that are appropriate for your podcast. I <laughs> know um, I do. One crazy fact. I have ate a whole round table, extra large pizza in one sitting. Nice. I've done it. I've done it. That was back in the day when I was 310 pounds. I was a big boy. Dude. Yeah, I was offensive lineman, man. I, we could freaking eat, bro. Dude, that, that's putting away easy. something. Yes. Yes. Dude, you know what? When you're here or up, if I'm up there, we, we'll have to do like a food challenge or, or go to like special food oh. places. We have some. We have amazing food places here. Dude, can't wait and, uh, for it, bro. Can't wait for so, it. So um, you never know. Maybe the Lord will lead you to March 1st to go to Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, gosh. Seriously, anyway. dude, That would be fun. Well, hey, yeah. man, I'll let you. Thanks for having me on the show, bro. It's it's a pleasure, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, do it again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, if, uh, guys, thank you for listening. And remember, if you do want um, – to experience the amazing joy that we've been talking about and this whole new life that Roman, I mean, Second uh, Corinthians says that we're new creatures. You can do that. This is not a joke. This is the real deal. All you have to do is right now where you are, you just have to call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, if you're real, show up. I believe in you. I can, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved. I believe that you're the only way. And if you say that simple thing, right, believe it. You're transformed. That's all it is. Call out to Jesus right now. And if you do, you guys email me. Hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Neitch, M-R-N-E-I-T-S-C-H. Go to a church Go tell somebody. Say, I found Jesus. And find somebody who, who, um, who you know who, who, loves, who loves God and get with them. Start going to a Bible-believing church and, and hit me up on the Internet if you, uh, if you have questions. I'm telling you, welcome to the family. I know it's, uh, your life is going to begin to change right now. So until next time, Brendan, thank you for, uh, yeah, dude. for talking Thanks about it. Yeah. And... See you guys later. Remember, Jesus is Lord. <laughs>